Do you see your body as your friend? I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from the tolovehonorandvacuum.com blog. And this week on our To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast, I want to talk about how you can feel comfortable in your body. Because let's face it, a lot of us really don't like our bodies. I was talking this week on the blog about how we can see our bodies as our friend and not as our enemy. Because I think a lot of times we women look in the mirror and feel so deflated. You know, we hate bathing suit shopping. I went bathing suit shopping lately because actually, as you're listening to this, I am on vacation with my husband and my mom, which is awesome. And I'm so excited about going. So I'm recording this ahead of time. Uh, But I don't even like bathing suit shopping because you got to try on these things and you always have to try on so many that just don't look good on you. But the funny thing is they might actually look good on you. But you can't see it because we have this image of what we're supposed to look like. And because we don't measure up, we just feel deflated. We don't want to go clothes shopping. We don't even like thinking about our bodies below our necks. You kind of try to cut off any feeling that comes from any part of your body because it might remind you of how much you're a failure. You're angry at all the jiggling. You see the muffin tops along the ridge of your jeans and you kind of wish you could just get rid of all the mirrors in the house. And that makes it hard to have sex too, doesn't it? Because it's awfully hard to enjoy sex when you know that your body looks nothing like the pictures of the old you in the wedding photos, let alone the pictures of all the wonderful women on TV. By the way, that's why I love, absolutely love British crime dramas. Like the British police women look normal quite unlike American police women in shows, but but I just find on British TV, women look normal. So, hey, let's get some more British TV going and maybe America can learn something from Britain. We do, we have these terrible, terrible ideas of what our bodies need to look like and we start hating ourselves. So maybe for other New Year's resolutions in the past, you've said, I'm not going to eat any sugar or calories. (laughs) Like I'm going to subsist on 1200 calories a day or something. And that lasted all of three days. Or every few years you use Lent as an excuse to quit chocolate. But that of course only lasts three days too. And then you feel like you're a big spiritual failure as well. And if you can relate to any of those, I would think that you're the typical woman. You beat yourself up over your body. But isn't that the mindset of someone who sees her body as her enemy? And here's the problem. If your body is your enemy, then your goal is to conquer it. It's like you're always at war, but it's at war with yourself. And that sets you up for a lifetime of hatred and failure, and even ingratitude. Hatred of self rarely leads to a successful weight loss strategy. In fact, there's even been studies that show that when you have a more positive body image going into losing weight, you lose a much higher percentage of the weight that you're trying to lose. Feeling positively about your body actually helps you to get healthier no matter what you start at. But when we see our body as our enemy, all of that's just going to be so much harder. And so how do we get that positive 
body image. Like, how do we understand that God wants us to see our bodies as precious and wonderful, no matter what they look like? Like, to actually treat your body as your friend, because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is something which God made. It's a wonderful, intrinsic part of you, and it matters. And so that's what I want to talk about this whole month of February on the blog, and also on a lot of our podcasts, is how we can start getting more in touch with our bodies and stop feeling as if our bodies are enemies that have betrayed us. Because how would your life change if you treated your body as your friend? You know, what would you do? First, I don't think you'd hide from your body. You know, you would be thankful for what your body could give you without expecting more than it can give. You know, we don't berate and lecture friends. We don't tell them everything that is wrong with them. We encourage them and cheer them on. So why can't we do that with our bodies? You want the best for your body. You want to feed it well, give it what it really needs. You would exercise it. You wouldn't just put it down and insult it. If you saw your body as your friend, then you would treat your body like your friend. And you also want others to enjoy your friend too. So you could show off your friend in the best possible light. You would dress it well to show others that you value your friend. (laughs) You wouldn't drown it in oversized baggy clothes as if you're embarrassed of being seen with your friend. And you'd enjoy living life with your friend. You know, you'd take your friend, your body out to the park. You would kick the soccer ball around with your kids. You would stretch and lift stuff and be amazed at how awesome your friend is. You would cheer her on to get even better. Even if she's only a beginner, even if she's totally out of shape, you would still cheer on the little progress that she was making. But how often do we do that with ourselves? When you see your body as your enemy, you don't cheer on little progress. All you see is all the things it's not doing, all the ways it's making your life worse. That's never going to get you anywhere. I understand that a lot of people find it hard to accept your body. When I was doing my original 29 Days to Great Sex series back in 2012, so two times ago when there were 29 days in February, I remember the day that I asked women to name five things that they liked about their bodies. And that was the hardest challenge of that whole 29-day event. I had so many emails from women saying, there just aren't five things, Sheila. I can name five things that I hate super easily, but there aren't five things that I like. Like my eyelashes aren't bad and and my earlobes aren't bad. And when I paint my toes in the summer, they look okay, but that's about all I've got. And I just found that so sad because it's like we're allowing the world's body image to impact how we see ourselves. And what does that do to our ability to be intimate with our husbands, to be naked with our husbands? If we can't even like ourselves, how do we possibly share that with anyone else? But maybe you grew up seeing your body as the enemy. Maybe you were told that your body was going to cause boys to sin and boys to lust, and so you had to cover up. And maybe you heard this message, but then you were also sexually abused. Imagine that compounded on sexual abuse. You know, you just feel like there's something inherently wrong with you, and that's such a tragedy. When I wrote a post a while ago on how that whole message that your body is a stumbling block to boys is so toxic, one woman left this comment. She said, when I was a teacher at a Christian school in my 20s, I ended up on the dress code committee in charge of revisions to the existing dress code. Because the building was not air conditioned, they had decided to allow shorts in warm weather months. We had to determine an appropriate length. 
In the course of the discussion, I was forced to stand up and be the example of why longer shorts were better. The administrator in the group explained to the room that I was a good example of the problem with shorts, as my legs were just too long, and no matter what I wore, unless it was a long baggy skirt, I would be a stumbling block for men, and my body was really just a problem. I can't tell you how damaging it is to be told by your boss that God made you wrong and your existence is essentially a problem for every male person you meet. Isn't that just heartbreaking? And many, many girls experience that. We experience that message in our youth groups, in our churches. Many girls have also experienced sexual bullying and sexual jokes at their expense when they simply matured too fast. You know, feeling badly about your body is something that so many of us deal with. And sometimes our bodies do betray us. You know, we develop chronic conditions that can make life painful or illnesses that make life far too short. That's the reality in a fallen world. Some of us are going to get sick and our bodies do not last forever. They do wear out. But even in the midst of all that, let's not lose sight of the good things that God intended for our bodies. In the wider society, we hear that we're not good enough and we don't measure up. In our marriages, we may feel as if our body isn't good enough because our husbands struggle with porn. And in the church, we may feel as if our bodies are bad because we've grown up hearing they're the cause of sin. But this is not the message that God gives to us. When he made us, and that included making our bodies, he said that it was very good. And it's with your body that you experience life. You smell the wonderful comforting aroma of a stew in a crock pot. You smell a beautiful bouquet of flowers. You appreciate Carrie Underwood singing How Great Thou Art, or a baby chortling when his mummy tickles his tummy. You feel the sand in your toes, the sun on your face. You experience that lovely sensation when you receive a massage, when you stretch out a muscle, when your husband kisses your ear. And your body can do so much. It can bear and nourish children, yes, but it is also the vehicle through which you do everything. Whatever purpose God has for you on this earth, you will use your body to do it. God doesn't hate your body and value your soul. He values all of you and your body matters. I mean, think of how many miracles Jesus did that involved bodies. Certainly there are the healings, but there are also the miracles of the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. He cares about our bodily needs. And we're going to have resurrection bodies too. Like our physical selves matter so much so that God created us to feel pleasure and to act out marriage in a very physical way. So that's my challenge for you this February. And that's what we're going to be talking about is can we put aside negative messages and see our bodies as friends, not as enemies? Your body is an intrinsic part of you. And I truly believe that the more that we can be grateful for and embrace our bodies in a healthy way, the more we can start living life to the fullest. And that truly is what God wants for us. I have brought my daughter Rebecca on for the millennial marriage segment just to talk about how to feel comfortable with yourself if your body is not perfect. And that really sounds like I'm being super judgmental saying, hey, we're going to talk about this. So let's have Becca on. She's perfect to talk about this. Yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> but, um, but you said that you would be willing to talk about this one. So, you know. Yeah, no, I actually said I wanted to talk about this. So don't worry. It wasn't some weird, <laughs> hey, I'm talking about people wanting to get their selves looking better. And you're looking 
not your greatest right now. So <laughs> want to talk about it? It wasn't anything like that. It really it was. This is a conversation we've been having for a while. Okay, so why don't you tell the listeners where you're at? Okay, I am currently three months postpartum. That about tells everything. <laughs> it does, really. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a breastfeeding mom. And I am, yeah, I'm, I'm three months postpartum where I, I didn't actually weigh myself at all during pregnancy. I haven't, I, I weighed myself for the first time in a year over Christmas, uh-huh. but I must have put on like 70 pounds while pregnant mm-hmm. or something. Like it, it, I was not one of those people who's just like, oh, look at my nice little basketball belly and my legs are the same size that they were before. Like, that's just not what I, I didn't get that. I'm really happy for you. If that was your story, that was not really mine. <laughs> I really was more like a manatee, and it was fine, you know? It was fine, but I I, I recognize that, you know, I I did have a lot that I was probably going to have to do to, to get back to, you know, a good fitness level afterwards. Yeah, and and we do want to stress too. That's what we're talking about is yes. getting to a good fitness level. Your body is never going to be exactly the same as before you had children, and and no. I don't mean your as in Rebecca's. I mean your as in plural you all of us collectively when you have kids your body does change and that's okay that is okay (laughs) yeah that's normal Mm -hmm. and some of us have it worse than others you know and i have it better in some areas than others but i also did and this i kid you not i got stretch marks all the way down my calves (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i got stretch marks everywhere people complain about their stretch marks to me and then i'm like you come with me and i have taken someone down to the church bathroom and i have shown them (laughs) what happened to my legs and i'm like you can handle this it's gonna be okay and actually there was the kind of thing where it was actually helpful it wasn't like you can't complain it was like no listen this is normal people don't talk about this but it's gonna be okay yeah but yeah i got pregnancy stretch marks down to like the middle of my calves all the way down my legs so it was yeah it all it's it's normal though and we don't talk about it right right and yeah, stretch marks are totally normal um gaining weight is totally normal even having trouble losing weight after having a baby is totally yeah. normal i mean you're often not as active when you have a newborn first of all you're not supposed to walk around very much for the first six weeks mm-hmm. um and it's hard to get back into any kind of exercise routine when you're not sleeping. Well, so also, even if you are sleeping, like, cause we've, we, we have a baby who does sleep pretty well, but even though we have a baby who sleeps, when on earth do we have time to do that? Cause I have to work part time during the day. And when can you find the two hours to go to the gym when your baby eats every two hours? Right. So it's just, it's a difficult time period to lose weight. So what, what I want to talk about today is how do you feel comfortable with your body, even if your body isn't perfect? And maybe your body isn't perfect because of having babies, even if having babies was 10 or 15 years ago, uh, and you've just never really gotten back to where you want to be. Maybe your body isn't perfect because it just never has been what you want it to be. Um, so how do we get that positive attitude so that we're still aiming for health? But we're mm-hmm. also not punishing ourselves. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just that our idea of what perfect is can be warped. You mm-hmm. know, there are there are things that are just, you know, medical risk factors. And that is one thing. But you mean also... you mean medical risk factors like to, to being overweight or Yeah, like, like I really do think overweight or Yeah, like we do need to be able to recognize the reality that being severely obese does have some serious health repercussions. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big, important conversation. But there's also a lot of things that we beat ourselves up over that are just 
kind of regular and normal. Yeah, like, thigh I gap. A uh, thigh gap. Yes. Okay, that wasn't even a thing when I was a teenager. I, you guys started talking about this when you were teenagers, you and Katie. I had no clue what you were talking about. Like, I did I not even know. And I've always been a fairly slim person. I have never had a thigh gap in my life. Like, my thighs are... <laughs> I have thunder thighs, okay? Like, I'm, I'm a fairly slim person, but I have thunder thighs. So, like, thigh gap, that's totally unrealistic for, for yeah. probably 98% of people. Exactly. Or even just, like, you know, the fact that, you know, acne scarring is a thing. Or... Cellulite. Just, cellulite. Yeah. And cellulite isn't even necessarily related to weight all that much like very thin people can have cellulite yeah exactly a lot of models have cellulite and they have to airbrush it out right Mm -hmm. like there are things that we beat ourselves up over that are simply the realities of having a body yeah not a medical issue not something that you know probably means that we're not living like living healthy um, in our lifestyles or it isn't indicative of any of that and yet we spend so much time saying like, okay, well, you know, when I lose 10 more pounds, then finally my body will look this shape. Um, you know, your body might just never look that shape. And that's also okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. you know, people are just shaped differently. Like I will always be pear shaped no matter what I do. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's just the kind of thing that I know that even before I had the baby, like that's the kind of thing that when I was really young, like 18 years old, I struggled with a lot was not understanding that the way your body is made can't necessarily be forced to look differently, by a healthy lifestyle because a healthy lifestyle is still going to make you look different than other people. Yeah, I mean, even in our family, the three of us, Yumi and Katie, have very different body shapes. Yeah, very much. And I know growing up, I always felt like I had no boobs. like, like <laughs> And that, that really bothered me. You yeah. know, and now bras do an amazing thing today. They, they're much better now than they were in the 80s. But like, <laughs> you know, it, like I always felt like there was something wrong with my body shape because of that, even though I was always thin, I, I always felt like I was the flattest girl in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, your sister has a figure that everybody is always jealous of. Now she works, she, she eats very well and she exercises. Yeah. So a lot. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Not, not at an unhealthy level. She's no. just, she's just quite dedicated to living healthy. And so like good for her. But even if you did the exact same things that she did, you oh, would, I would always be stockier. I you would, would always never, be stockier. you would never have her waist. Yeah. And that's just because of her body and yeah. you know and 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 that can be hard growing up in a family like I you take after your father's side of the family I right? do I'm much more Gregoire yeah yeah you just do and and so it can be hard growing up with a mom who doesn't who's never really struggled with weight mm-hmm. and with a sister who doesn't struggle with yeah. weight yeah no exactly it's so easy to compare especially when you have friends or family who have something that's like you know you see as better than yours Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is we always see ourselves in terms of where we should be. And so it mm-hmm. makes it very difficult to enjoy ourselves where we are. Because right now I'm in a stage where I am trying to get back down to a healthy weight postpartum. Yeah, like at Christmas, I had 30 pounds to lose. Okay, so I'm working real hard to get those 30 pounds off to get back to where I am when I'm at a healthy, I'm active, I'm eating well kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, it doesn't mean that life needs to be put on hold until you get to the point where you are healthy again. Yes, and this is what I want people to hear. So say that again. (laughs) Yeah, like your life doesn't need to be put on hold until you somehow like earned the ability to be happy again because Mm -hmm. I've done, I've worked out five days in a row. So now I can finally do this thing. Sometimes at some point you need to just let yourself enjoy life as you work towards health. Mm-hmm. versus seeing everything in terms of when I do this thing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, because the reality is it becomes easier to make healthy decisions and it becomes easier to enjoy being active if you're not stressed out about the final number on the scale or something. And it's more about like, okay, we have some work to do. And so we're just going to do these small things and eventually we're going to get there. And it's okay if it takes longer than three weeks, which you see all the Instagram transformations of like, how Mm -hmm. I lost the baby weight in four weeks. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, no. But it's okay if you can just be a normal person as you're working towards, you know, better health or just feeling more energetic or, you know, eating out less or these kinds of things. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your body. You can't buy that pretty dress. You can't go get a massage. You can't get your nails done before you're at your health goal. Yeah. And you went out and you bought some clothes recently. Yeah, I did actually. I'm at my highest weight when I bought them that I've been not pregnant for a long time, but I realized, you know, I don't want to just sit around in sweatpants all the time because that's all that fits me right now Mm -hmm. as I'm losing this weight, because I don't know how long it's going to take and I'm not going to beat my body into submission so that it only takes six weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to do what it needs to do and see what happens. And also I figured, you know, I'm going to have more kids in the future. And so it's worth just accepting that there are going to be times in my life where I'm bigger. And it's nice to have some nice pairs of pants that I think look nice on me and make me feel like I'm actually put together, even if I'm not where I'd like to be yet. Mm-hmm. And that is really important because when you when you treat your body like it's a failure and that you're not allowed to like it until you get to that certain number, it doesn't work. And I, the other thing mm-hmm. that I really want to stress too is we really are talking about health. Yes. Um, because... And, and again, just using us as an example, you could look at, at you and me and assume that I'm the one in better shape because I'm slightly smaller. You have always, even from the time you were eight years old, been able to beat me at arm wrestling. Like you, you are incredibly strong and I am incredibly weak, right? Like, and that's always what you, you used to, you used to beat your male cousins at arm wrestling, right? Yeah, like, love that that's now on the internet. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it, it, it does come down to just feeling fit and like you can do the things in your life and they don't give you pain and they and that you have enough energy to do them. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I was getting a lot of back pain and everything because I sit so much, like I've had to start doing a lot of yoga and stretching and Pilates and exercising to work on my core just because my back is going out and I'm finding it harder to hike and that's not good either. So it's not it's not about looking a certain way it's about treating your body in such a way that you appreciate it that you enjoy it and that you're able to keep enjoying life and living life to the fullest through your body (laughs) exactly I know for me a big one is I want to get back to highland dancing Mm -hmm. you know I really want to get back to dancing and I can't do that until my abs are strong again because otherwise I could slip a disc Right. Right. It's just not safe. And so that's a big thing for me is I'm trying to get back my core strength and I'm trying to get to a point where I'm light enough that I can actually dance effectively. Because it's just hard also on your joints if you're heavier and you're jumping for three hours straight. And so that's a big thing for me. I guess what I I want our listeners to, to realize then is if you're not where you want your body to be, you do not have to punish yourself and you do not need to feel badly about yourself. Or guilty that you let yourself get to that point to a certain extent too, right? Like it doesn't help to continuously beat yourself up over past decisions or stuff like that. Because sometimes it's because you had a baby and, you know, that's just what happens. But sometimes mm-hmm. it is because there's been 10 years of bad habits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at some point you have to recognize, you know what? I have been having bad habits for 10 years. so It's going to be really hard to change. But at the same time, you don't need to then continuously 
beat yourself up over it. You don't need to then do penance for bad behaviors in the past. It's about doing things that are healthy and things that are life-giving in the future. Mm-hmm. And if you've been in some of those bad habits and you don't know how to break them, I do want to point you to the Women's Wellness Bundle, which is for sale right now. It's just such a great selection of resources that can help you learn about how sometimes we gain weight just because we're eating the wrong types of foods or uh, how to get back in shape or how to understand the role that nutrition plays in our hormone levels and in our energy levels and all kinds of stuff. I just find this really empowering to learn about this. I know that the reading some of these bundles a couple of years ago really helped me do a big diet change, which has helped um, my health tremendously. And I have started to lose weight because of that, which which I've been happy about because I was inching up. Um, but also that I've just made some real changes because of these bundles that have helped me have a lot more energy. And they have so much to do with hormone levels too, which impacts our libido and our sexual satisfaction and everything like that. So it's 79 resources. It's worth over $4,000 and you get it for just 37 right now, but it's only available for five days, only until Monday at midnight. So take a look. There is a link in the podcast description to this podcast and it can help you get on the road to feeling better about yourself. It's not about punishing yourself for being overweight. It's about getting on the road to wellness and that includes our mental wellness too and our attitudes towards our body. So check it out. Um, I'm sure that you will love it just as much as I have. All right, Becca, you're still on with me here. And we talked about how to feel comfortable with your body, but I want to turn the tables a little bit. What if your husband doesn't like your body? Because that is a question that I get a lot. Um, I had this one guy, for instance, I think it was back in 2012, maybe we were talking about this on the blog, where he wrote in and said that he felt that his wife had defrauded him because she had gained 25 pounds since they were married. And that that was unfair and going against their marriage vows because he did not marry someone who was 25 pounds heavier. Well, he also didn't marry someone who was, you know, older than however she was when they got married. So, you know, that's happens. I know that that comment made me so angry because when I got married, I was like 108 pounds, maybe between 108 and 111. Like I was seriously Seriously tiny. And, you know, I've been up to 145. I'm still a really healthy weight. I still look good. But by his definition, I'm defrauding my husband, which is just absolutely crazy. Well, especially since most Um, people get married before they've had kids when they're in their 20s or something. And your metabolism just kind of starts to stall out a bit at one point. And also, if you have kids, your body is just going to be different. You're going to be heavier. And 25 pounds is not a lot. No. And (laughs) so people... And so if you have a husband who's telling you that you are no longer attractive, and I have had people who say that, you know, I am a size six, or I'm even a size four, and my husband's always telling me I'm fat because I don't have a perfectly flat belly. And I've had women writing in who have become anorexic over this. And this is not right, good, or proper in any stretch of the imagination. This is husbands sinning against their wives. Totally, exactly. One of the biggest things that actually helped me with the whole postpartum recovery stuff and just dealing with the changes that are happening as you get pregnant and have a kid is that Connor really did an amazing job of not only telling me, but convincing me that he doesn't care about my stretch marks. 
And let me read you some scripture here, okay? Let me read you Proverbs 5, verse 19. A loving doe, a graceful fawn, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you be captivated by her love forever. Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to point out that is a command that is made to the husbands. Um, The verse right before it says, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. And the thing is, the wife of your youth doesn't stay youthful. No, exactly. And he is supposed to rejoice on her and, and may her breast satisfy her you always or some some translations. It's more like it's more like not not. Oh, please. May her breasts always be great. It's actually more of a let her breast satisfy you always like like you be the one to deliberately say her breasts are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're saggy. Yes, okay. or even if even, they're kind of going between deflated and lopsided because she's currently breastfeeding all your kids. Right. This is a command made to husbands. And so your husband is not allowed to say to you that he's not attracted to you or that you've defrauded him. That just is not a thing. <laughs> okay. And that's just so unnecessarily cruel and unhelpful. And don't, and please don't ever say that to your husband no. either. Okay. It, but at the same time, okay, we do want to give a caveat, of course. What do you do in a situation where one spouse has gotten severely morbidly obese? Or even just is starting to gain weight in an unhealthy way. Because I, before the baby, I started to creep up, mm-hmm. right? Where I put on 15 pounds or something. And I told Connor I wasn't happy about it. And he honestly said, yeah, you have been gaining weight. So we should just stop eating out as much. And then we should just be, we should just work out more. And do you want to choose another activity that we can do throughout the week so we can stay more active, right? Like you're allowed to say reality at the same time Mm -hmm. because we do gain weight and that is normal. But at some point, if you've gained a lot of weight and it's unhealthy, your spouse is allowed to come to you and say, you know, I'm a little concerned that your health is getting out of control. Or, you know, sex is becoming really difficult because of your weight or those kinds of things. Yeah, because you know what? If people gain a lot of weight, that impacts the angle uh, when you're trying to have intercourse. Um, For her especially, the angle has to be a certain way in order for her to get full stimulation on her clitoris. So that, you know, that does impact things. If he has a beer belly, that's going to impact things. And I do have uh, an article that I will link to in this podcast on what to do if his big belly is getting in the way. Um, But... And also, if he's tremendously big, then she may find that she can't breathe. And I personally am a big fan of breathing. Uh, and, and I think that that's important. So, you know, you're allowed to talk about those kinds of things. But let's make sure that when we phrase it, it's not in terms of, I don't find you attractive anymore. It's in terms of, I want us to be able to fully enjoy life together. I want us to enjoy life as long as we can together, mm-hmm. which involves being healthy. And how can we make this something which we're doing together to get healthy? Exactly. And if he's really picking at your weight, if he is really criticizing you, I also just want to say that is a red flag for pornography use. Um, Porn use is so prevalent today. And it teaches that a woman's body has to be exactly perfect in order for her to be sexy. And our whole pornified society does that as well. And if your husband is expecting your body to look like that, that's just not okay. And if if he's bothering you in public, uh, questioning what you're ordering at restaurants, uh, making sly comments, uh, or making outright comments at home, I would seriously suggest seeing a licensed counselor together and also making sure that porn is not an issue in his life because that really isn't okay and that can wear down your confidence um, and really disrupt the marriage and it's putting the emphasis in the wrong place. 
Like this podcast? Then you'd love the blog. Join us at tolovehonorandvacuum.com, where Sheila blogs every weekday about marriage, faith, and, of course, sex. At the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum community, we deal with the messiness of life. We don't traffic in pat answers. Join us for thought-provoking posts, discussion starters, and great challenges to make your marriage and your love life strong. We've dealt with what to do if your husband just says that he isn't attracted to you, but what if he says that he is and you are just kind of paranoid about how he sees the rest of society and all of the other women who are running around? I received this reader question, which I think a lot of you might be able to relate to. She says, I have that one in a million husband that supports me and loves me with all of his heart. One thing that I always have had a problem with was the fear that my husband would lust after every other woman that he might find attractive. It drives me literally crazy. I can't let myself relax while we watch a movie or when we are out in town or visiting friends because of what he might see. He confessed and told me the other day that he used to struggle with lust, but he came to a place in his life where he doesn't do that anymore. But somehow my blood boils and I have such overwhelming emotions and feelings when we are around other women. I know now that he doesn't lust and he keeps keeps telling me that even if he finds other women attractive, he doesn't lust after them and he doesn't want them. The last straw was when we went to the beach and all the women in their bikinis made me so uncomfortable and I believed in my heart that he was checking all the beach babes out. He keeps telling me that it is normal for people to see other beautiful people and I understand that. Why is it so difficult for me to accept that and to also be open about it? It is so awkward when a beautiful woman comes up on screen or we pass her on the street. It's like I want to keep him from looking but I know it's unreasonable. How do I get to accept it and how do I stop feeling so sad and miserable? It has literally put me in a really bad depression, and I've often wondered what happened in my life that I feel that way. All right, I'm so sorry for this woman, and I do want to say, before I get into my main answer, I'm going to assume that this guy is telling the truth, and I'm going to answer this question as if he's telling the truth, so he honestly doesn't lust. If your husband is the kind of person when a beautiful woman walks by and he turns his head and stares for a while, that isn't okay. It's not okay to that woman because he is objectifying her and he is making her feel unsafe, but it's also not okay to you. It's not okay to the children who might be with you at the time who are watching that, and it's all right if your husband does that in public for you to say to him, "Hun." please don't do that. That's disrespectful to me and to that woman. And if you continue to do that, then I will have to get up and leave and then get up and leave. So that's okay to do. But I'm not talking about that situation. I'm going to take it for granted that this man doesn't lust. And as I've said before on other programs, noticing is not lusting. Okay, you can notice a person is beautiful and then do absolutely nothing else with that information. Lusting is a decision that you make to imagine the person naked, to imagine yourself doing something with, or even to fixate on certain body parts. We have made sexual attraction synonymous with lust. Just because you think someone is gorgeous or pretty or muscular or good looking does not mean you're lusting. We need to separate those two things. She doesn't seem able to do that. And this is causing her tremendous problems in her daily life. You know, she can't watch TV with him. She can't go to the beach with him. She is putting herself into a depression and this is having major ramifications in their marriage and her own ability to enjoy life. And it really needs to stop. Our society pits women against women. We are taught to see other women as the enemy And the reason that we do that is because we are taught that our bodies will never be good enough 
and we will never be sexy enough or beautiful enough. Our whole advertising industry is like that, trying to get us to buy more beauty products. And so we feel so insecure about ourselves. Combine that with the toxic teaching in the church that all men inevitably lust and it just leads to feeling like other women are the enemy. They are a threat to our marriage. And then you start to hate other women who might have objectively better bodies than you. And you start to feel like they are somehow deliberately harming you just by being in existence. And this is such a tragedy. It's such a break of community. It's a fracture of community. It's making us feel as if we can't be ourselves and we can't just enjoy being with other people because other people are a threat. And that that needs to stop. And the, there's, the only way to stop that is by taking those thoughts captive. She says she doesn't know what to do. It throws her into a depression. Well, she needs to believe her husband. Okay, if he is telling her the truth, then she needs to believe him. And again, if he's lying, and if there's evidence that he's lying, then that's one thing. But she says he's telling her the truth, and that she believes this, but she is still being plagued. And when you are being plagued by something, you need to take the words of 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 to heart, and you take captive every thought. Okay, so when a thought enters your mind, you don't have to entertain that thought. You can replace it with truth. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He embodies truth. And so when you speak truth back to your mind, you bring Jesus into that situation. So you say to yourself, no, I know my husband is not lusting after that woman. I know that he has eyes only for me. And then you take a deep breath. And you just focus on your husband and you start a conversation with him or whatever, but you don't worry. If you find that you just can't do that because anxiety keeps plaguing you, then I really do recommend that you see a counselor uh, to talk about these things. You may even need to see a doctor because this could this kind of, of anxiety that just doesn't let go and that fixates on a certain thing can be a sign of some forms of depression where some medication honestly might help. So I, I would recommend talking to a doctor about that. But if he's not lusting, if he honestly is not lusting and noticing is not lusting, then please do not let your own fears wreck your marriage. And certainly don't let yourself see other women as the enemy. That's not a healthy way to live life. So take every thought captive, really fight, engage in the fight, get your mind engaged in the fight and fight off those thoughts. And if that still doesn't work, then please see a counselor or a doctor because you're not meant to have those kinds of intrusive thoughts all the time. Feeling good about your body matters. Everything we do in life, we do through our bodies. And when we can treat our bodies as friends, when we can see our bodies as good, when we don't see other people's bodies as competition, but we instead accept who we are, our outlook on life is going to be so much better. Our marriages are going to be so much better. And we're going to be able to carry out what God wants for us so much better. So please think about these things. And I challenge you in the month of February to start enjoying your body. Take a look at the women's wellness bundle. It's a great tool to help you do that, to help you gain more confidence, to help you understand yourself better. And the link to that is in the podcast description for this. So please go take a look at that. It will be going away Monday at midnight. So you only have so much time. Um, But remember that God made you just the way you are. 
And yes, we should always aim for health and we should treat our body as a wonderful friend that we're going to protect and serve and feed and exercise and all of those things. But none of that is helped by hating your body. All of it is helped by understanding with gratitude that this is a wonderful tool that God gave you to enjoy and to experience life with. And when we can see it that way, I think we'll be able to make a whole lot more progress on living life to the fullest and understanding what abundant life really is. So thank you for joining me on the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. Please remember to leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to this podcast and join us next week as we continue to talk about how to get confident in your body. And join us next week week as we talk about what it means to have sexuality and how to feel confident in that sexuality and how that's going to impact your marriage as well. So let's make marriage a passionate adventure and not just a giant to-do list. Find me at to love, honor, and, vacuum.com and we'll see you again soon.